Hey moms, I am so honored to share this space with you and to be able to welcome you to Beyond Motherhood Radio. Here we will talk all things motherhood and parenting, relationships, mindset, child development, and tapping into your purpose, all to help you live your most aligned and best life. My name is Brittany and I am married to my high school sweetheart, a mother to four children under the age of six, a certified parenting coach and former elementary school teacher turned stay-at-home mom. I'm on a mission to help you raise amazing human beings, live your purpose, and stay somewhat sane in the process. If you're ready to go beyond motherhood, let's jump in. Hello and welcome back to Beyond Motherhood Radio. I am your host, Brittany LaJoy, and we are recording episode number 30 today. How exciting. I am so appreciative of all of the listens here, all of you who come back week after week and listen to me, and those of you who share the podcast on your socials or in real life with your friends. I do feel like we're making an impact in the parenting world, one parent at a time. So thanks for being here. Super appreciate it. As always, here to connect when you want, or if you have any topics you'd like to discuss, feel free to shoot me a message, send us an email at beyondmotherhoodradio at gmail.com, and we will get get your topics talked about. Today, we're going to dive into a topic that is definitely gaining more and more attention in the parenting space, also in the mental health space, and just in the human space. It is emotional intelligence. There is good reason that it's being talked about so much because emotional intelligence in our society is becoming more important than intellectual intelligence. And I definitely agree with that. But what does that mean? Emotional intelligence is the capacity to feel our feelings fully and it's the ability to articulate and express them clearly. On top of that, it's also the ability to handle them in a way that does not cause harm to ourselves or to others. That's a big ask. And it's not just for kids, it's for us as adults as well. And you'll hear today that I'm actually going to be talking more about emotional intelligence as a parent and as adults. After years of research, emotional intelligence or EQ, I'll probably refer to it for the rest of the episode as EQ, is a higher indicator of success than intellectual intelligence. And that is something huge. That's big because intellectual intelligence was really important in like the industrial revolution and when we were just becoming like, you know, productive members of society. But now we're switching gears. We're talking about EQ more. And we have something really important here because this is a huge shift in understanding what our priorities are for our parenting generation. We cannot let this pass us by. And as always, it starts with us as the model. By learning to make our emotions our responsibility and not that of our children. So like if we say, you made me mad or how could you do that to me or do you want mommy to feel sad? We can't be putting our emotions on our children. That's not their responsibility. When we have low emotional intelligence, we boil our feelings down to just good or bad and blame the external factors for making us feel a certain way. And then we become reactive rather than seeing what might be what might actually be happening underneath, like that root cause that we always talk about. So this is our third part of three in helping you to yell less in your home. 
because once we start to understand EQ, you're going to see later on in the podcast that that's going to help us with our reactivity and our nervous system regulation, all of these things we've talked about in the last three episodes so that we can create a more peaceful and understanding home. EQ is the foundation of relationship building, and it's also the foundation of relationship sustaining. So just think about the own re- your own relationships in your life. So maybe you've been friends with someone for a really long time, but all of a sudden you just start to outgrow them. Maybe they are always bringing up the past and still harboring resentment towards mutual friends that you have. And if every time you hang out, the conversation repeats itself, eventually you're going to want to distance yourself because their EQ is is lower than yours. You're becoming more aware of your feelings and you're letting go of the resentment and you're less reactive to these situations that may have happened a really long time ago. Their emotional intelligence needs some developing, whereas yours is constantly developing. We see this type of thing happen all the time and in all different types of relationships, even spousal relationships, right? You just start to outgrow that person. And now we're so fortunate to have the research and the language around what we're actually experiencing. We're seeing the outcome as just a lack of EQ. And as I've said many times on this show, much of what I talk about is a direct reflection of the issues that have been coming up in my own home. So yelling has been one of them. And so I want to share a real life example of when yelling took over and how we went about the next steps in the process, which is repair. The other day we were driving and my two older children were in the back of the car and one kept putting his foot on my daughter's face and not quite touching, but you know, just enough to be annoying to her. And she asked kindly for him to please stop. I don't like that. In our house, I ask them to ask kindly two times before an adult gets gets involved. And a lot of the times it is solved within two times. Sometimes it's not. And so this was one of those times it was not. She asked twice for him to stop bothering her and he's just still didn't. And sometimes I think that he, that she would ask asks them to stop as quickly as possible just so that I'll step in and help her like sounds something like this please stop I don't like that please stop I don't like that mom he's not stopping (laughs) and so in the car this can be a time when the yelling comes it comes out to be honest it's it's a confined space the temperature never seems to be right the drive is always just two minutes too long right and nine times out of ten we're all hungry as soon as we start driving and so this was one of those rides and I yelled I said, Mason, she asked you to stop. Can you please listen to her? The car was silenced. Obviously, I was yelling, right? I didn't say that as calmly as I just did. But the car was silenced and my three-year-old started crying, as does my six-year-old, the one who I yelled directly at. And when I yell, oftentimes everyone cries. It is the worst feeling. I looked at my crying kid and I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I yelled. I was frustrated and I just want to get back home. Notice that I tried really hard not to say you made me mad so I had to yell because you were bothering your sister and you made me yell. My three-year-old through his tears said, you scared me when you yelled. Oh my gosh, talk about heartbreak. Here was my response. I'm sorry that I made you scared. My job is to help keep you safe and I'm sorry that you didn't feel safe. I don't like yelling either, but sometimes my temperature gets so high in my body that I feel like I might explode. And this is very true for me. My body temperature gets really high. And I think I talked about temperature rising in another episode. But 
that it's very true for me. So when I express that, I'm actually expressing what's, what is going on in my body. So I'm giving myself language and I'm also giving them language for when they're feeling similar things. And when I, when I say I feel like I'm going to explode, that is, again, true, but also adds a little bit of humor, right? Like kids like love explosions for some reason. So they kind of like twinkle at that or they might smile at that. They might even giggle at that. Yelling doesn't feel good. So I then would ask them, what do you think we could all do differently next time? And here's where the collaboration that we talked about comes in. We give them the stage, the ability to think about what could happen differently next time. And at three, year old, three years old, he doesn't have all the language that might support a more emotionally intelligent response. But my five-year-old pipes up and says, when your temperature gets high, you can take a deep breath before you yell at us. Absolutely, I could. And absolutely, I will. And at this point, we can talk about what they will do differently next time too. And this is just the constant and consistent reminder that when someone asks you to stop, you please stop. No one likes to be bothered and that no one likes their words to be ignored or not listened to. So we can constantly talk about about that and upholding those core values in our home. There are benefits to an emotionally intelligent parent. And this is a parent who is working on becoming an emotionally intelligent person because if you're not there yet, it's totally okay and totally normal. We're, that is what we do as humans. We grow and we become better and more equipped to handle things and more equipped to handle life and becoming more emotionally intelligent, as we talked about at the beginning of this episode, is a bigger factor for success long term. So let's talk about that are emotionally intelligent, you are more likely to be open to collaboration and new ideas with your kids. When we have a low EQ, we are more likely to think that what we think is right, no matter what. And it's hard for us to see opposing views, even if those views might actually have some facts or be factual or be true. Our beliefs guide us and this might actually disempower our kids because we operate from reactivity instead of responsiveness our way or the highway. Further, you are emotionally intelligent if you are effective at setting and maintaining your boundaries without creating that power over environment and power over environment being the environment that I am your leader, you are my superior, and that is the way it is. We talk about holding boundaries and having that balance with making sure both the parents and the children have some sort of power and autonomy in the situation. And when we are emotionally intelligent, we are more likely to be holding boundaries with kindness and empathy rather than uh, like a dismissive or demanding power. We become continuously better at handling the conflict without resorting to yelling. Additionally, when a parent is emotionally intelligent, their children will trust them. And even though I have only had young kids so far and I haven't been in the teen or tween ages yet, I can imagine that trust with our children is and will be one of the most important building blocks of our relationship. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing how that develops over these years because laying the foundation now, like that's one of my most conscious things is making sure my children trust me and that I trust them and that we can have trust together. I'm excited to see where that that develops and I and I have a lot of hope for that. I'm sure I'm going to be let down a handful of times, but I think that trust is one of the most important components 
of a child and parent relationship. We are talking about trust with our words, but we're also talking about trust with our actions. They trust that we will do what we say we're going to do and that we will have a safe space for them always. And they trust that we'll be their leader and their parents always. Uh, And a leader with collaboration, as we talked about. We can witness low EQ all over the place. This exact thing was actually what prompted me to begin my journey toward parent education, to be honest, because I would hear things in public, like at a restaurant or a store or anywhere, that would I would literally like tense up in my body and I would just want to jump in and help. I would want to help the parent, but I would also want to help the child just feel seen and heard when an experience of, I guess now what I would say is low EQ going on. Um, It might sound something like this in public. If you don't blank, or if you didn't blank, I wouldn't be so mad. Or I paid for this vacation. Why aren't you having fun? You're so ungrateful. Or just simply, you're making me so mad. We've all been there a thousand times. So don't beat yourself up or turn off this podcast if this is you, but just reflect to commit to the growth of your EQ. After all, the biggest benefit of emotional intelligence is being self-aware. Being able to notice your own feelings and your own triggers and have empathy for those around you. And when we become solution-oriented, putting our ego aside and finding collaboration over compliance, that's where we're going to get the biggest bang for our buck. Understanding and naming our feelings might feel really, really, really foreign to a lot of us listening. It might be something that you only do when you get to that point of resentment and harboring for too long and then everything breaks and then it might spiral into yelling or even the silent treatment. This is when we see our default responses of flight, fight, or flee like we discussed a few episodes back. Like this is when it would happen if you're harboring your feelings for too long. But when we release those feelings, no matter if they are considered bad or good, our body is able to bring itself back to regulation. How many times have you sat with an emotion or been upset about something for days or weeks? Or maybe you're still harboring resentment years later. Been there. But if you take the time to actually feel the feeling and the emotion and get it out through your body and out of your head, it only takes 30 to 90 seconds to move through you. Can you imagine that? 30 to 90 seconds for an emotion and feeling to move through you and then it's done. Imagine knowing how to do this, how to sit with a feeling in high school when everything you went through seems like the end of the world. I feel like it would be such a smoother place. High school would have been so much nicer if I knew how to do all this thing, all of these things and how to grow my EQ. Now, how do we develop a greater degree of emotional intelligence? Well, one of the first things that we can do is to get curious about our feelings. And did you know that there are far more feelings than happy, mad, and sad? When we get deeper into our feelings, we discover more about the root of our feelings. And and it might not be what we see on the surface. For example, when you're feeling sad, we might actually be feeling lonely. And when we even dig deeper than that to identify a deeper feeling, we might actually notice that we're feeling isolated, not abandoned. So like if we go, if it's like a pyramid, right? So sad is at the top, but actually could be feeling lonely. And then under lonely is abandonment or isolation. And so then we can consider the solution of feeling isolated because we know it's not just sad. I'm feeling isolated. 
The second thing you can do to work on developing a greater EQ is to develop better emotional capacity. So that is the ability to hold and to handle your feelings. We're taught at a young age that some of the feelings are good and make others around us happy and some of our feelings are bad and tend to make those around us mad. And in conscious parenting, we might replace just get over it or let's go, come on, you're fine, move on with something like it's okay to feel sad, I'm here to help. Did anyone teach you how to feel your feelings? Probably not. So it's time for us as the parents in this generation to switch the narrative. The next time you're feeling a feeling, I challenge you to feel it, right? That sounds a little counterproductive or like a, yeah, of course, but no, you don't really feel your feelings a lot of the times. I can guarantee that. So notice it, name it, feel in your body where you're feeling it, where it's coming from, what it's doing to your body. If it's tensing you up, if you're feeling it in your throat or your shoulders, or your belly. Some of us get stomach aches when we're feeling something that we don't like. If it had a color, what color would it be? When you do this, the feeling will dissipate, and you'll gain clarity on what exactly is happening, and you'll notice that you're actually totally fine. (laughs) The next thing you can do to develop a greater degree of EQ is that you can replace your defensiveness with curiosity. And this is something that we all need to work on. Our children are not out to get us, no matter how much it feels like they are. (laughs) Approach it with empathy. Empathy does not mean that you agree. It does not necessarily mean that you would do the same thing in a similar situation. Empathy is simply holding space for another person without judging them through your worldview. It's just presence. And again, this is a tricky thing to do because we were not taught how to do it. We don't allow ourselves the time to do it. And we don't We don't tend to put ourselves in situations where we're able to do it because we're rush, rush, rush. We don't have the extra time to develop our empathy and and to develop our empathy means to actually experience it and to go through it and to sit with somebody who is uh, having some sort of feeling and is relaying that to you and you're just there and you're giving them that presence and that space to feel. So we don't do it often. And so we're not going to get really good at it until we do it. With our children, we might want to laugh at how silly something might be. Something that they are becoming so emotional about might be so silly to us. For us, the fight over the colored plates is so tiresome. But to them, it really does matter. Curiosity says, I wonder what's happening with my child. So this creates more connection. And ideally, the reason why we're here today, less yelling. Developing EQ is definitely a lifelong process and I had only begun to understand it when I decided to work on my personal growth and my understanding and urgency began to grow because it had to when I became a parent, right? You're reflective. You're like, what is going on here? Why am I reacting this way? How can I not react this way? What is going on and what do I need to do to fix it? Now I can spot EQ a mile away and I energetically connect with those who have a high EQ because I love to learn from them. I pick up on their speech and the way that they listen intently. I see that they're open to sharing and are also always looking to find solutions. So they're asking questions and then they're also sharing their own solutions at the same time. They're curious, they're empathetic, and they're undoubtedly the most amazing parents. And this is who I energetically connect with. And this is my hope for you too. 
Who can you learn from in your circle that will help you create, develop your own EQ? So in turn, we can work through our reactivity and replace it with collaboration. Less yelling, more calm. With that, I hope you have a great week. I'll see you next time. Take care. I hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, would you share it with another mom friend? We cannot support each other enough these days. And perhaps sharing this podcast will bring some light to someone else in your life. Feel free to leave a rating and review so that we can continue to have more important parenting conversations together. See you next time.